Good evening. We're recording on Wednesday, November 11th. It's uh, kind of a rainy evening. I'm Justin with my co-host Aaron. This is the Tall and Short of It podcast. Aaron, how are you feeling this evening? I am doing pretty good. It's definitely a rainy night. Uh, I was doing a little worse earlier. My uh, commute from the office back to my car i forgot an umbrella and i was like you know the rain doesn't look that bad and it was that bad so i drove home completely drenched uh and my shoes are potentially now ruined but that is life so (laughs) how are you doing damn are they nice shoes uh, no, I got them on sale at Old Navy for, I believe, $14. And oh, okay. they, they are gray suede, so I do really like them. But gotcha. that's part of why the rainwater may have killed them. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that uh, I'm sorry that you potentially lost a pair of shoes that you really enjoy. It's always it's always a sad day, but I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping that they can they can pull through for me. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. Um, it's been a uh, it's been a pretty good week, pretty good weekend for me, I would say. Um, I think we have a pretty good pretty good show coming up for this evening for look for the listeners. A um, lot of things to get into now. Aaron, what's on your mind right now? What are you thinking about? If there's if there's a tangent that we could fly into right away before we hit any of the planned topics. So I just want to say that on a rainy night like this, this is going to bring me back to my pet peeves with driving. Okay. But on a rainy night like this where you've got a hurricane that's pushing rain up through the northeast, it's dark out. Daylight savings time has ruined everyone's moods. Um, people have I don't not... know, man. I quite like the dark. Uh, well, I guess not everyone's then. But uh, people don't know how to drive unless it's perfectly like sunny and 70 degrees. Like, I'm driving home, and there's water all over the roads, and people are just mashing on their brakes in front of me. And I'm like trying not to hydroplane in my car. We're already going slower than the speed limit, which I'm cool with. Drive safe. Uh, but people mashing on the brakes, doing dumb stuff. I'm like, it's dark out. It's gross out. Just like drive like a normal human being, please. Right. So it's so dangerous. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, so that's that's one one thing I, I just had to mention that was bothering me since I drove home. Um, no, I think that's I think that's actually a good place to start. The um, the message for this evening is be safe. You know, everybody out there driving, listening to this in your car, listening to this on your rooftops. Um, just be safe. You know, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, all about the safety. Um, also, shout well, out to OSHA. <laughs> Get that OSHA sponsor for the podcast. Hashtag OSHA. We are now in OSHA sponsored podcast. Safety first, everyone. On Do this not- evening's episode, here we are reading a uh, what looks to be a fire extinguisher manual. That will be tonight's 
episode, a fire extinguisher manual. So after taking the fire extinguisher out of the case, you would like to point the hose at the fire. Wait, <laughs> let me go get the one in my let me go get the one in my kitchen. We can actually do this. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you were gonna grab a notebook and start taking notes. <laughs> oh, I could I could do that too. Do you wanna like swap? We can be like we can swap different manuals. Right, oh, different okay. different ways to operate a fire extinguisher. See what's the same and what's uh, what's different right. uh, among the different brands. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of putting out fires, um, I guess getting on to, to work related notes from this week. This week's been weird, man, for my my schedule at least. Like, oh, I I have been out of or I've been working out of different locations for every day this week uh then my normal office which has been frustrating kind of because the well, first are the commutes longer no same commutes essentially um just going to different places but i for monday and tuesday i was at one location that was doing a uh upgrade to wi-fi and there are not any people working at that site that are very technologically savvy. So I was supposed to be handling as much of it as I could along with the texts that were on site from the, the internet company. Um, but it was tough. My, the property manager there was getting a bit too involved without understanding what exactly was going on technically. And so that was uh, the middle tougher for my my days and then i got to fill in today at another property where um there's some internal conflict with the uh the staff there so it was it was a bit weird so far now is it um is it some like spicy dish you know you want to get into it um I mean, or is the, it a HIPAA violation kind no, of thing? No, not a HIPAA violation. But the basic gist is the uh, the manager on site there is um, he's pretty strong headed, uh, and so he has been trying to micromanage his employees who have been at the property longer than he has. Mm. Uh, one of them who has been with our company for something like fifteen years and fully knows what he's doing kind of um, flexing that muscle eh? well and and the the employee who's been there for 15 years ha- is not technically the property manager's employee because he's a he's like the maintenance manager so uh he is like why are you getting in my business i've been doing this for like a ri- ridiculously longer than you have like let me do my thing and everything will run smoothly. Property manager does not want to do that. Mm. So it's uh, so yeah. Anytime I go there, I basically hear complaints from either side about the other, and it uh, it gets spicy. So interesting. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would enjoy being in a position like that where you're hearing it from both sides. Yeah, I just kind of have to. Uh, try and be as impartial as I can and, right. and not get into it. But at the same time, uh, I definitely think that the manager is more so in the wrong, unfortunately. Um, ah, gotcha. Because 
and he also he kind of brings it on himself a bit. He has been he trash talks a lot of people in our company, um, which isn't great for morale, and it gets back to those people's ears. So, not the best thing. How many employees are in your company? Um, across so the main thing is he's worked at two different properties now, and then he will trash talk the previous manager at the property he's currently at and say that like everything's messed up for him because they didn't do it right, even though he's been there for more than a year now. Gotcha. Um, but across our company, probably, I don't know, three to 400 staff. Oh, wow. Okay, ish. gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. It, it's a lot. Depend or. It might not be that high. It might be closer to like 200. Um, okay. But still a, a pretty good number of people. Yeah, I would say so. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting week in that sense. Um, but I just hope that if the property manager does leave, which he sounds like he's getting pretty uh frustrated with his working situation i just kind of hope that i don't get stationed long term at that property because mm, gotcha not quite where i am looking to go with uh with my job i like now <laughs> now because that wouldn't necessarily even come with a pay raise would it it would just be a different post eh yeah i'd just be filling in and right. handling stuff um on site and I mean, I, I know I'm capable of it, but it's a more stressful position. And part of the reason I left uh, hotel management was because it was a bit too much stress. Uh, and I wanted to not be constantly thinking about work and feeling like I had um, to uh, like worry about the property at all times and things like that and i feel like i'd be throwing myself right back into the the frying pan as it were mm. um, if i would end up doing that so gotcha 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 but if i get put there i like i don't really have much choice or much say in the matter it would just be my boss telling me hey you're gonna be here well couldn't you you know give him the old couldn't you give him the old you know, nudge, nudge, say, hey, man, let's not do that. Potentially. Um, I mean, I think that would be my MO. But she's also kind of scary. So ah. not not scary, but like ah, uh, come on. intimidating. Uh, so I don't know if I, I she's not the kind of person that you really want to tell like no to. <laughs> well, I mean, no, you're not telling her no. You're just saying like, hey, I, I, I. I think I'd be better elsewhere and, and don't, don't spin it for you. Spin it, say like, Hey, I think I'm a better asset to the company. Like over here doing this, I know I have experience, yada, yada, you know, just like really sell it to her. You're a charismatic guy. I could, I could probably uh, bring it up if it, if it comes to it. Um, I honestly think if that were to happen, I would probably only be there for maybe a week or two tops. Um, right. Or they fill the position with someone else. Um, so nothing outrageous, but, uh, it's not at the top of my list of, uh, things I'm looking forward to if that happens. So, well, right. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I wouldn't look forward to, uh, I wouldn't look forward to a salty Aaron, you know? Oh yeah. Now I, I mean, 
at the same time, I we do my that. best to, to leave work at the the office and my uh, my drive home, except when people are driving stupidly, is usually my time to relax, jam out some tunes, and uh, and kind of get my mindset onto a different uh, different way. Okay. Exactly. Hey, same exactly. wavelength. <laughs> um, Although. But I, I will. I would just like to point out that's funny that you said you like to keep work at work, but here you are talking about it on your podcast. I I know. I know. I I was thinking the same. Um, I usually do a pretty good job of of trying to separate the two. But, gotcha. Gotcha. This is yeah. uh, the Happy Hour podcast. Here we go. Absolutely. So speaking of Happy Hour, um, sounds like you with work things have been going pretty well. Yeah, I would have to say so. Um, me and Sarah, I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, um, but me and Sarah recently got our CPR certification done. Oh, um, you, you did mention it to me. I don't think it was mentioned on the pod. Gotcha. Okay, well, yeah, so that's so that's done and out of the way. We both have our child protective... Um, uh, it's called being a mandated, being a mandated reporter, where gotcha. we, like, we, we have to report suspected um child abuse and that's like a whole like three hour course so we're done that and then we also have all of our or she's close to anyway we also have our all of our ce's done so looking at the next like two years for our practice we're just like done sealed up ready to go um and i say all that to say the one really cool thing that's come out of that um and this may be an angle that we take the pod um just because it's you know it's 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 most of my life and it's like super exciting for me um which is like the small business aspect um and uh what was i saying um so that those ce's have turned into us being able to add new services to the menu and do different things with our clients that we just weren't able to before um the one very specific instance of that today i just did my first um my first it's called active isolated stretching it's um it's like a breathing slash stretching um exercise that you do with a client um where you focus very specifically on different muscle groups and you work with them to stretch them out so explain uh what a ce is like i'm not sure what that ah ah okay cool yeah so uh can uh, a ce stands for continuing education so for me to hold my license i need every two years to rack up x amount of hours of classes and new uh new information and um like practice to continue to be a massage therapist gotcha okay cool so I'm forever, forever learning and upgrading my techniques and skills and knowledge. So by doing those things, are you able to do like, so right now you got, can you guys take like insurance and things like that from like doctor, like how to, uh, we, and we, we don't could. have to get too much into that side of things, but, um, cause I know like a lot of your clients are kind of uh directed to find assistance with like different stretching massaging to to help with different um ailments they have but i wasn't sure if that like is more of a general prescription from a doctor that they're like hey you should probably do this or if it's like hey 
here, let me direct you to this, uh, this massage therapy company and they can assist you. Uh, and yada, yada, yada. Interesting. Um, so in what would normally happen is it wouldn't be a prescription written by like your traditional medical doctor, like your family doctor. Um, but you may be recommended there by some other kind of hands-on um, body worker in general, like uh, be it a doctor of acupuncture, maybe a doctor of chiropractic. Okay. Um, maybe you're seeing a, uh, maybe you're seeing a nutritionalist. She's helping you get on, um, you know, get on the right path with your health and your gut and this and that for whatever reason, as a professional, she may recommend that you add massage to your regimen of like exercise and this and that to keep you limber. So the prescri- the quote unquote prescription wouldn't necessarily be written. It's mostly on recommendation. Now, specifically at a chiropractor's office, we did work with like quote unquote prescriptions for massage. I think it was just their way of like note taking or and like keeping record or whatever. Um, but they took massage they took insurance for massage. However, it's not a route we've gone yet because like the the world of credit and being oh and being having these insurance insurance companies in debt to us like we may not get paid when we need to um it's not the most intuitive system a lot of paperwork and a lot of the insurance that that people would be wanting to use it for I'm not sure or how do you say like it's it's not it's not the thing that insurance usually gets used for unless it's like car accident injury something like that okay. um, but, gotcha. but even in that case I don't think I don't think the and this is just truthfully speaking I don't think the headache of it all is worth like being able to take those clients Okay. Um, you know, well, yeah, cause I feel like, uh, especially with the paperwork and that aspect of it, since you all are both running your own business and also being the, uh, the staff as well that are performing the massages and, and different stretching and, and all the different services you guys provide, like that would probably entail get ha- or hiring someone else on to assist like specifically with that, like administrative type uh work which is another well it's just another another person on the payroll yeah it would just add a whole thing yeah adds a lot for not necessarily the the benefit that it might provide right and i don't necessarily want to be like you know, Touch of Phoenix Elite Massage brought to you by uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield. You know what I mean? Like that's gotcha. not, yeah, I feel that's you. That's not where we want to be. Well, and you guys also have kind of made your way based on your own um, skills and word of mouth, and being able to to have people recommend you based on your abilities, and not necessarily needing um, that additional like directive from 
from an insurance provider kind of right right and early on like right when we open like obviously there's companies that see you know they get they get an alert the second a new business opens on opens on google and then you know they just they call and call and they try and get you like oh you know we can get you advertising we can do that it's just like yo we really don't need any of that yeah Uh, we've been blessed with um yeah we've been blessed with great clients who just talk about us and just say our name out loud a lot, which is uh, very helpful. Definitely. Which is awesome. Yeah. The, um, so ultimately does like, so, so that answers both of those questions. Um, the, yeah. So, so the CEs help us be able to provide, um, like, like new different things to our clients help with, like, like you were saying, different ailments we don't necessarily need like in to take insurance to do that kind of stuff yeah and it can also potentially expand your like clientele base just by being able to offer additional things that maybe you didn't have clients that needed before but now might bring in someone who uh who is looking for that specific um expertise yeah yeah it's sweet um like today specifically i was working with uh, a client and it was it was our first session doing a new um kind of like a new modality for me we we had been working on it together um where she was kind of she was kind of like my dummy while we were doing it and um it was just very it was very um fun to learn with her and then after after a little while kind of put together a whole because part of massage it's kind of like it's kind of all about the session right like there there has to be a bit of a show about it in a way um it can't just be it can't just be stretches in a vacuum you almost want to there wants to be like a connection between the two um whereas when we were just learning together like we were actually talking about the process and oh is it more comfortable like this and da 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 and yada yada and she doesn't like flow as much right we're right um, but this was going to be the first session that she was actually like, she was paying for. Um, gotcha. and so I, you know, we put, we put it together. I mapped out all the like key muscle groups that we had to hit for the stretching and we went for it. And I, you know, I put it all together, put it all together for, it took like an hour. It took like an hour and 15 minutes or so for the whole session. But yeah, man, it went, it went super well and it just felt really good to take, I spend an hour, three days a week, sometimes two hours, three days a week for a couple of weeks, putting all my CEs together. So that's like, you know, I spent like 25, 30 hours or so on my continuing ed. And then to put all of that then into like this, this full stretching session that really helped somebody. I was like, damn, that feels so good. And not only is that like an investment in, myself as a practitioner but it's also an investment in the business as well in a way that if i'm better the business is better they're in my clients are better and then if my clients are better their family around them is better right like it's it's behaving in a way that is good for for everybody down the line it's a butterfly effect yeah yeah It, it has that uh yeah that um kind of like radiates out from just improving that one little thing. And that's, uh, that's one of those Jordan Peterson things. Uh, Fuck that I yeah. Talked about Fuck yeah, it well, is, right? man. And, uh, but, but it's, it's, it's that embodied, like, 
Mm-hmm. Like I, you have no idea how much I could go to, how much I could go to Dr. Jordan Pearson and be like, yo man, like literally your words have helped me put all of this into the world. Um, yeah, he was, well, yeah, he was a great teacher, man. And, and for all of you out there listening. So, uh, Dr. Peterson, basically one of his big things that he preaches and, and talks a, on a lot is that, um, the little things like can make a big difference over time. Like I said, kind of butterfly effect. So like if you're struggling and you're, you're in a bad spot in life, his, one of his big things is like, start with small stuff. Like start with making your bed every day, uh, doing little things like that. You tidy up your, your space around you. It gives you a better mood. It starts to that, that mood that you have and everything kind of flows into how you're treating others, how other people are, uh, uh, acting around you. And it just, uh, doing those little things can improve like everyone's quality of life around you by your quality of life improving. So yeah. And it's, um, I think it's a beautiful idea and I try and um, I try and propagate that in my practice and, you know, really believe that if I can make these people, you know, in this hour feel better, you know, I can, I can do a lot of good in the world. Definitely. Um, And so, yeah, you can, you can kind of take that into any, um, any job, any uh, position group, whatever you're in, like just do the little things like, be kind, smile at someone. And those like those little things that you do add up over time. So it's cool seeing that kind of acted out in your, uh, in your business, being able to like do the, even though I like an hour, three days a week might not be little to some people. Uh, I'd say over the, the long term, that's a pretty small thing that you're able to do with your CE and to be able to then utilize that to to better other people that's pretty dope yeah man it's um i think it's been a great um i would say learning experience i think one of the funnest things about it is that uh and this was the sense that i got it like when i was in school was that i was just always going to be learning and i think that's one of really the only things you can do is just try and learn new shit all the time um this goes back to this will go back to one of the episodes, um, one of the previous episodes where we were talking about the move. Did I tell you about the juggling balls that I kept? No, I don't think so, actually. Uh, all right. And 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 this can actually lead lead me into um, this can actually lead me into my camping story. If if we can go into that. Oh, absolutely. Cool. OK. Um, so, yeah, during the move, one of the things I talked about was like being given this great opportunity to pare down. Right. OK. And you, you're given an opportunity to make a choice with literally every, everything you own. You're, pick, you're picking all of it up and moving it. And you can ask yourself the question, is this worth picking up and moving? Or do I just move it to the trash? Um, and there were a lot of things that we just decided to move to the trash. And there were a lot of things that we decided like, yeah, it's worth keeping and bringing along with us. And the one, the one thing that like really vividly stuck out stuck out my my memory now is a set of three juggling balls two green ones and a red one from the klutz magic company and 
they were in this like metal bin, which kept, it was, it was, it was kind of like the junk drawer for my room. It wasn't that full. It wasn't like dirty or messy or anything. It just, you know, I just had some knickknacks in it. Some random and, things that didn't have their own place. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you just put all those things together. And the, one of the, one of these things was these, these three juggling balls. And I, I picked them up and I thought to myself like, okay, I could I could very easily throw these out and just be perfectly fine. Technically, it's it's literally just a toy. But I was like, but I I could keep them. You know, I've juggled with them before. Um, you know, and I I I, I spent a couple minutes with it. Actually, I was like, hey, do I keep these these juggling balls? And I decided, you know what? Sure, I'm going to keep these juggling balls. And I was like, but wait, if I keep them. I have to use them, right? I can't just like I can't just sit them on my desk again and just have them t- sit there. So yeah. on, on my to do list, and I'm gonna plug the Todoist app. Um, I think it's great. It's helped me like really increase productivity. Um, if uh, you know, if anybody's listening from that company, give us a sponsor. Anyway, um, using the sick. Todoist app, I've added um, Juggle. Just I I think I have it juggle seven minutes three times a day it's gonna pop up you know in in my list and i've actually gotten really good at it and i'm super happy that i've kept them and it and it really gave me the opportunity like do i want these yes i want to learn how to juggle i like learning new things yeah well i think that also like speaks to kind of uh who you are and the person that i've known with you you've gone and and since we've known each other you have gone and like you've worked in many different uh industries and fields and like i always feel like anytime you've started a new job or, or really dove into something you've been very much like adamant about learning and uh getting better at at whatever it is you're you're putting your mind to and that's always pretty cool to to see where that goes with um, not that I'm expecting you to, uh, become a professional juggler and join Ringling Brothers. Um, but it's, uh, that's definitely an aspect of you that, that I have noticed over the years with, uh, with us knowing each other as friends. So that's Damn. cool. Well, I appreciate that. The, the one thing I'll say about the, uh, Ringling Brothers circus is after, <laughs> uh, after being up like, like four, 40 feet on chimneys on a regular basis from the, uh, the chip chimney sweeping job that I did, I'm kind of done with heights, man. I'm, I'm kind of yeah. all right. I'm a, it's funny. I'm like, I'm weird. I feel like this is actually how most people feel when they talk about being afraid of heights and whatnot. Like I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of falling from them. So like, I'm not afraid of flying in an airplane. I'm not afraid of riding a roller coaster but like the idea of of falling or like see when i see people on videos that are climbing on the top of buildings and stuff like that with no uh safety net or restraints and stuff that freaks me out Mm -hmm. i will never bungee jump you i've i've been trying to convince myself to skydive because i think that it's good to face some fears and for whatever reason skydiving feels safer to me than bungee jumping which i'm not sure why but the idea of relying on some like piece of 
rubber rope or whatever holding my feet is kind of terrifying. Um, so I'd rather just have a parachute. <laughs> Dude, I respect it a whole lot. So I get All what right. you mean being up on chimneys. <laughs> All right. Can I ask you a question? Go for it. So ha- have you ever been at like the edge of a really tall building? Like you go like climb steps to like some cathedral or like go like to a really tall restaurant or something and you go to the edge. Do you ever get that feeling in the pit of your stomach? Like you, like you, like your stomach imitates the feeling of falling. Bro, like, I, like I, you would I, jump, but you know, you wouldn't ju- like you have jumped, but you know, you haven't jumped. I used to get that when I, so when I was like, I don't know, six years old or something like that, I used to have some weird nightmares. Um, talk about it. And so one of my biggest nightmares was I would be in a shopping mall Mm. (laughs) on the second story of like the shopping mall where you can look out into the like atrium underneath and everything just collapsing under me, even though it's literally like probably, I don't know, 20 feet or something like that. Like that was always one of my fears. So, but I can, I can like in my mind specifically understand the feeling that you're talking about. And so I really don't enjoy going to, to the edges of like buildings and things like that, looking down. Um, I would probably be pretty freaked out by like the um, I don't know if it's still called the Sears Tower in Chicago, but they have apparently a it's probably um, Trump Tower now. (laughs) Who knows? Um, But I I think they have like a looking. um, What do they call that? Like uh, basically a little walkout that. Yeah, yeah, like an overlook. An overlook, but it's like glass floor, so you can walk out over the edge of the building and see like directly how far down it is. I think they have some like that at the Grand Canyon at some of the different places, and those things like would probably still freak me out. So, (laughs) so I get what you mean with that feeling. Okay, dude. I yeah, because I've I've. I've, I'm not sure I've ever really talked about it with anybody. It's like, it's a weird feeling. Cause it's like, it's like intimations of suicide, but it's like a bit of a different feeling. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. Um, it's, it's like, um, it reminds me vaguely of those. And I, I know other people have the, have gone through this because I've read, uh, like other people talking about it online, but nice. like, if you're driving in a car and you're like going over a bridge or something and you're like, you have that random split second thought. that's like, huh, what if I just like went off the bridge here or something yeah. like that? Like you're yeah. not actively thinking about like doing it, but it's just like a random, uh, what do they call them? It's like a random invasive thought or something like that. Uh, where, okay. where these like things that you're, you wouldn't necessarily do like, I don't know when you're looking over the edge of a building or, or something like that, you're not planning to like jump, but you like your mind has this like, 
well, if I did, like, then this is the feeling that I would have. Right, right, dude. And it's very visceral. It's very, like, it feels very real. Yeah, your mind, uh, your mind does some weird stuff. Um, Mom playing tricks on me. Mom playing tricks. Seriously. Um, but I, I know you had mentioned you wanted to, to tell me about your, your camping slash backpack. Uh, I want to, I want to uh, hear this story. Get into it. All right. It. All right. So this, this, so this was just like a lot of fun. I'm really excited to talk about this, tell you all about it. So let me ask Aaron, do you want the tall of it or the short of it? Oh, give me the tall of it. All right. So. We drove up Friday night. So me and Aaron live in, um, well, actually, I don't know where Aaron lives anymore, but I live in Pennsylvania. I do also still live in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Great. Okay. So that's convenient. So me and Aaron live in Pennsylvania. We are a Pennsylvania-based podcast. Um, (laughs) Not the... (laughs) Sponsored by (laughs) PA.gov. (laughs) <laughs> oh man that's okay but yeah so, so we're in the northeast there's lots of right. woods and rural areas <laughs> yeah so we so we drove like three hours north to lycoming county we went to um were you guys at a state park or yeah it was know? yeah it was loyal Sox state park okay which is cool. next to world's end state park Gotcha. We so went to a couple of other ones this summer, so I was nice. curious to see if we had gone to the same ones. We did not. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. I know. <laughs> so we drove up. So we drove up there Friday night. It was about three hours. It was it was myself, Ian, who is a member of the Commander Nine group, which we can talk about tonight as well. We had some games on uh, Tuesday night that would be fun to get into or just lightly touch on. Cool. Anyway, so it's me and our friend JP, who is in the Talisman play group, who we've known from way back, um, also known as Russia, also known as Pawnee, also known as Ed. Uh, man's got a lot of nicknames. He's pretty cool. And then another Ian, which was um, JP's friend. Hold on. Let me take a sip of coffee here. Sounds good. Mm. So we drove up. We took two cars. And we got there in the dark, so we set up camp in the dark with, um, you know, we first we just got a fire going in the in the pit that was there at the campsite. The campsite was really sick. It had this like old old like old chimney that was obviously part of a house. House was no longer there. It was just a chimney. That's where the campsite was. It was actually really busy for a you know for like a big state park. Um, we ended up seeing a lot of people, which is why, like, which is why it was such an interesting camping trip because we did see so many people. Yeah. Cause you usually when you go out backpacking, it's to like, fuck off to like get away. But like, it was, it, it, it was like, dude, it was like, it was like the yeah. backyard in Stowe. So I think that that's, uh, that's something that I noticed as well when I, the two times I went camping, uh, this summer, um, I feel like with well with the pandemic honestly that people still want to be able to get away and take vacations and whatnot and since it's not as easy to fly places and travel or like leave your state because of um quarantine restrictions and whatnot when you come back uh i think a lot of people have resorted to doing like 
uh, stay staycations and like nearby um, trips like that to to do camping and things because they honestly can't really go that many other places. So, well, yeah, and that and that totally makes sense. Um, it was just uh, it was just kind of odd, and yeah. So we started the podcast talking about a fucking rainy evening, but goddamn, this weekend it was beautiful. Oh, it was gorgeous. Um, so it was, it was perfect. So it was, it was a little chilly setting up there in the dark. Um, but it was, it was just us around. So we, we made a fire, set up our tents and everything. And this is where just like right from the get go, it was just funny. So this dude gets back from a hike and he goes in his van and, you know, he putzes around, closes the door, yada, yada, yada. I guess he like puts his warm clothing on. Then we're, so we're like me and Ian are literally like unzip, like zipping the tent door closed. Everyone was all set up. Yeah. Dude comes out of his truck and he's like, Hey guys, like, you know, I reserved this spot here. Like, are you, you know, are, are, are you staying here? I, you know, yada, yada. You're not allowed to have a fire. Um, and just like a bunch of bullshit. And we were like, wait, like what you reserved this? Like where, who, like from what? And he was just like, Oh, from the forest registry, you know, just like leave me room in the morning. And we're like, dude, we can move. Like, it's perfectly fine. He's like, no, no. Just like, I'm going to wake up early. So if I wake you up, he's basically like, fuck y'all. And we're like, okay. Okay. And then he just climbs in his van and goes to bed. He's like, what? Okay. So you reserve the spot and then you don't even use it, but then we can't use it either. Yeah. Fair enough. Whatever. So we all go to bed. Each of us didn't really dress warmly enough on this first night. Okay. And so we, we all, we all started out, we'll say about minus one, minus one points. And then when me and Ian woke up, so there's four of us, me and Ian, our, the commander nine Ian, me and him woke up both immediately yak. So that again, minus one for each of us. And we, well, cause the, the, the night before, you know, we had brought some whiskey out. We were drinking, we all had a yep. cigar. We were chilling around the fire. We were doing the thing, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so we start off, ha- ha- have a little yak you know, and then we uh, pack up our packs and we're ready to go. So we hike in and we're moving and moving and things don't And this. So this is like Saturday, Saturday morning. And so we're hiking in. We do. We really didn't get very far. And we all very quickly realized like, wow, we're uh, we're 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 kind of out of shape, aren't we? <laughs> and like, it wasn't really that easy of a trail. Like it was it was. It was fall, so there are leaves all over the ground. So the the footing was like you're really unsure about it. You didn't know what what you were really stepping in, what you yeah. were stepping into. So there was just like a lot of just a lot of kind of huffing and puffing, slipping feet, this this and that that kind of thing. And we started seeing a bunch of people on the trail. So we're like, okay, all right. So now Ian's starting to think like, okay, this is getting a bit tough. We're about we're about five miles in or so. And Ian's like, yo, we need to find somewhere that we can fill up our water bottles. We need to find somewhere that we can set up camp, yada, yada. It's about noon at this point. Yeah. And this guy passes us who we had seen before on the trail. And he's like, oh, hey, did you guys go up to this point? And we were like, no, no, we saw the sign. But, you know, we just kept pressing on. And this was we we progressed down a hill to this point. Okay. The point was like up a ways, right? He's like, oh, it's a beautiful outlook. You know, there's a nice shelter up there. There's there. 
he didn't say anything about people, right? He just said, I took my lunch up there. It's beautiful. So we're like, oh man, okay. So Ian's like, we may want to go that way. We asked the guy like, oh, hey, where's water? Just so you know, we could fill up our, fill up our ship. And he's like, uh, he's like, oh, it's just like a little bit down here. You can go fill up. We're like, okay, great. And everybody pretty, pretty much agreed like, oh, we're just going to go straight back up this hill with these heavy ass packs on and like go camp at this, this spot. And perfectly fine with it but the idea was we were just setting up early right we we weren't getting that far in at all and we were just like you know we were just finding the spot to hang out yeah well it's also still i'd say a five mile hike with a pack is still i mean that's a good workout (laughs) like even if you were planning to do more that's not that's not light work so. No, no, and we figured out very quickly that it was a light work. So we were just like, "Yeah, man, that was tough enough. Let's just go find a good spot to just like hang out and relax, right?" Yeah. So we go, we do this uphill, which fucking murdered all of us, right? We were just like, "Fuck, that was the the toughest thing we ever did." Yep. But <laughs> we, we make it to the shelter, and there was there was an old couple hanging out there, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, just telling us about the trail. We were talking about the day and yada yada." And we were all looking around like, yeah, this is nice. There was like, there was log bench, fire pit, the shelter was there. And we were like, all right, bet. Like, we're just, we're just hanging out. So me and Ian very quick, quickly just set up camp in the shelter. We were like, fuck it. If anybody comes by, it don't matter. Like we have this spot now because the game at a certain point is find out where you're camping. Right. And JP and his Ian, they went and camped like right on this hillside that had a beautiful outlook where the sun was like was going down in the distance and it was where the sun was gonna gonna come up and you had a view of both like both sides, right? It was it was it was immensely beautiful. So, you know, we set up camp and the funniest thing, the 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 two things that I really want to get into, everything else doesn't really matter. Or actually, there's three things that I really want to get into. The first thing is before the evening when we were all set up and we were just like doing dinner. Um, this this guy comes around with his pack and he's just kind of like walking around aimlessly, just like looking around with this kind of distraught look on his face. And we're like, hey man, like what's going on? And he's like, yeah, just looking for a spot to camp. And like there it's just it's just a boulder field kind of where we were other than the couple of spots that we had already, you know, that we were already in. And um, and we're like, yeah, you know, kind of sorry. There's like one there's one area here that you could stay. But the idea is, you know, you want to get away from people. Right. So he was like, no, no, no. So he that that was kind of unfortunate to see that guy like, you know. He he needed a win and he wasn't getting it where yeah. we were. Anyway, so so he disappears. The next crazy thing, the next craziest thing, is this other guy who was setting up, he had a hammock, so he didn't care what was on the ground. He just needed two trees. He set up, it, it was perfect. We told him earlier in the day, like, hey, you know, we're gonna set up a fire later. Um, come on by if you would like. He's like, bet. So he comes over and this is the craziest shit. So we were all sitting around this fireplace. It's probably like seven fifteen or so. Eh, it's probably like seven o'clock, and like sun, sun's like real low in the sky. It's like dark. Fires like real low. We're all just chit chatting, get to like just kind of getting to know each other, whatever. Just just fire talk. Yeah. And what do you know? We hear out in the distance, fucking howling from wolves. Okay. Howling, howling, howling. Probably like thirty miles out. 
like down down in the basin 30 miles out yeah just echoing through the hills and yeah dude and spooky as shit right howling 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 and then nothing and then and then right from there just like one very loud very big howl and then nothing for a little bit right and this was this was it was all like in in a couple of seconds maybe less than a minute maybe two minutes right and okay. what do you, what do you hear? But like a large deer, elk, I like moose. I don't know what it was, but like a large deer-like animal. It was like a loud bleeding, like distress call. And then there was a bunch of wolf howls, more distress call, and then nothing but wolf howls. Right, man, dude. So like we literally listened to in the distance, like them like take down a kill. It was crazy. That's wild. I mean, yeah. When when me and uh, Shane recently went camping with it was me Shane and his girlfriend, um, like we heard coyotes like not very far away from where we were at, <laughs> and we're like to a point where we we're like ah, they might come sniffing around some of these campsites, but Ooh. nothing like that. Like I mean they were they were easily within like a mile of us. Um, Damn, that's crazy. Sure. That's that's pretty close. Oh yeah. I mean, they were like anytime like we, cause also for anyone listening, if you're going camping, the perfect camping beverage is whiskey. I will a hundred percent always stand by that. It doesn't, you can drink it warm. You can drink it on the rocks. You can mix it with stuff. Great. Uh, I mean, like a lot of people like smoked like glasses with their whiskey. So the campfire and everything, uh, fully recommend it. But anytime after we started drinking, we would get up to go, uh, uh, have nature call over, over in the woods. Uh, we'd be like, <laughs> we'd be like, gonna go find the coyotes. <laughs> like, that was our, that was our thing for, uh, I'm going to go, go pee. It was, gonna i'll be right back gonna go find the coyotes so god damn and then what if somebody what if somebody did find the coyotes and chomp 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 snack 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 i could uh i could take a coyote Ooh, (laughs) probably not good luck um so that was so that was fucking spooky going to bed that night there were raccoons that literally climbed up into the shelter got into our food bags because ian was too lazy to make a bear bag set up a bear Ah, bag. he didn't string it up he didn't string it up anyway so that was fine the but that night we all slept really warm It it was it was a really good sleep and then we woke up in the morning camped out that was fine me and ian went home drove home together jp and the other end drove out we ended up getting water everything was hunky-dory we had a great hike going out the second day um and again another beautiful day the best thing about sunday and then we can we can kind of move on from the camping story um the great thing sunday was we found this little diner i'm pretty sure it was heater's diner um kind of out that way and both me and Ian got these club sandwiches with French fries, pickle on the side. He got a he got a fucking milkshake, and it was just like the perfect meal coming out of coming out of the mountains, right where you know we were just eating like the mountain house and munching on oats and nuts and shit like that. Um, 
so yeah, that was that was a great fucking meal. So shout out heaters if anybody's in the area, um, go eat at their at their spot because that turkey club that I had was really good. Um, so yeah, man, it was uh, it was a tough weekend. It was a really fun weekend. We had a lot of laughs. Um, it was a great group of guys to go out with. Um, and Ian gifted me a bag, the nice. backpack that I used. He gifted it to me. That's awesome. Um, so shout out Ian. Maybe one day we'll have him as a guest on the pod. But uh, yeah, shout out Ian. It was a great trip. He invited me. It was kind of like the culmination of a lot of years. I know he was trying to get out there for a while. Um, so yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And I'm I'm glad I did because like I said, it was tough, man. It, I, I learned a lot about myself. I, I think that's one of the cool things about camping. And I haven't gotten a chance to go actual backpacking yet with my, my gear and everything that I have re- recently acquired. Um, I've gotten to camp with it. but. Um, uh, you, I think getting away from everything is a good way to get your mind in like a different, uh, place and to be able to really like, um, take in all the nature and everything. It, it just like, it, it's a really cool experience. Um, even just like basic camping. I mean, uh, the two times that we've went, we've gone out there. All we're doing, we're not on our phones or anything. We're playing some music that we have downloaded. We're drinking whiskey, building fires, cooking food. Uh, It's just a cool um, way to get away from the monotony of of normal everyday life and to to give yourself some space to, to just like take everything in. And I think the backpacking aspect of it where you're you're kind of working a little bit too to get to like a really cool outlook or um, to get to do some of that stuff is, is a really cool additional aspect to it. So dude, I'm telling you the spot that we had, the spot that we had was fucking beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. I oh, man waking up, watching the sunrise was like nothing else. I, I, I had, um, I bought rolling papers. I'll tell you this. I learned how to roll just like normal zigzags, just like the white, the white pack of zigzags where I yep. guess they're like half inch quarter inch, whatever, whatever those little thing guys are. I learned how to roll those. I was rolling doobies all weekend, just fucking puffing on them. Didn't have to worry about bowls, anything. Goddamn watching that sunrise in the morning, smoking that doobie. Hey, that sounds like a a pretty solid way to start the day, man. Dude, Um, it was amazing. Wait, how did you guys uh, cook? Like, or what kind of foods did you guys cook? I'm curious. Um, So we brought a lot of, like I said, like we had like nuts, um, like trail mix. Um, Ian brought beef jerky. Um, JP was eating. He brought a fucking he he brought a bunch of can he brought a bunch of cans of Chef Boyardee. He's okay. ex-military though, so he's yeah. like he's he's a different kind of human. Um, and I didn't then, know if he was bringing like uh, like freeze dried like military ration type stuff or <laughs> no. I I wish he did that 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 might have been better for him. But the yeah, he just ate it just cold out of the can, whatever. Um, gotcha. But me and Ian brought up um, like mountain house meals, so like we just heated them up in his jet boil, um, okay. add the water, let it sit for a little while, dude. I had I had jerk teriyaki rice. It was the best decision I ever made. It was fucking amazing. Nice. Like after a long day of hiking we found the spot, beautiful spot, set up camp. And then you'd like get this nice hot meal that actually like tastes decent. Like, Oh yeah. my God, that was amazing. Let's, 
that was one of the cool things about the last time we we camped was I had just gotten a uh, like a camp stove and everything to add to my my pack and all, and so Ooh, uh, nice. So it, it uses jet boil fuel. It's like similar to the jet boil, but instead of like just boiling the canteen of water or whatever. It's kind of like a like a gas stove top where you can ah. put like pots and pans. And so I have a small uh, four piece set of like pots essentially that I can cook on top of it with. And it's all like super lightweight, compact, like it all fits inside itself. Um, but we did uh, so we like brought some cans of beef stew. So we did that. We did. Um, uh we did some some hot dogs over the fire and whatnot so but that was like regular camping we're not carrying all that in our backpack um either but, way like you said i'm with it it's a great way to get away oh definitely i'm uh i'm fully on board so but yeah um, man fucking i've been dominating the airwaves talk like talk to me man what's been going on with you 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 take it away Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm actually excited me. And, uh, so next weekend, um, me and my roommates, uh, or well roommate and, and friend Shane, we're supposed to go, um, we're supposed to go snowboarding up. We we're going to go to Killington. So, hey. uh, unfortunately our second time trying to go to Killington is going to be postponed as well. Um, because so first time was supposed to be back in March. <laughs> um, so about a week and a half before we were supposed to go on that trip, uh, to go snowboarding and skiing, um, the pandemic hit. So everything went on lockdown, couldn't go. Um, and also at the time I had a broken collarbone, so I wasn't going to be able to, to go anyway. Um, but this time we were like, let's go. We'll go for opening week. We reach out to the people up there at the the resort and we're like, Hey, we, these are the days we're coming. What's everything going to be like with COVID protocol? And they're like, we're only allowing season pass holders in for the first week. So we had already requested the days off and all, but, um, but now, uh, Shane, my friend who I've gone camping with hit me up and he was like, Hey, I'm thinking about going camping next weekend instead. Like, are you about it? And so I was like, yeah. So we're, we're talking about figuring that out. We are deciding between camping, backpacking, that kind of thing. But, um, wait, what's the weather supposed to be like? It's going to be colder than it's, than it has been, but I mean, it shouldn't be like outrageous yet. I I honestly haven't checked it. We were just talking about it earlier today. So Wait, do you mean this coming weekend or next weekend? So like the 20th, the that weekend. So Ooh. not not like 2 days from that weekend. So Ooh. But I don't know what the weather is going to be like. Um I just pulled it up at least for our area. Uh, it looks damn, like okay. Cloudy-ish, cloudy-ish slash partly cloudy. So doesn't look too terrible. I was gonna, I was gonna say that's a yeah that that that's gonna be that's got to be a concern, man, because it gets cold. It gets cold, man. Well, and and that was uh, like the last time we we went. um, 
it was like one of the first weekends that it actually got cold. Like there was frost on the ground when we woke up in the morning. Yeah, man, that's um, brutal. And, but man, my gear, my sleeping bag and everything kept me so toasty. I was, Oh, fine. there you go. Yeah, nice. I was good. Nice. Um, so I'm not too concerned about it, but I'm definitely going to keep a, an eye on the weather. Unlike I did today, f- ending up walking through uh, rain for 10 <laughs> minutes to my car. So <laughs> There you go, man. Safety first. Safety oh, first. You got to worry about it. Um, but I guess to to transition to some other stuff. Yeah, sure. Welcome to the Formula One podcast. <laughs> yeah, that that's a roundabout way to get to our like our main. What? Oh, whatever. I know. It doesn't matter. Everyone. We, we, we shouldn't everyone, pigeonhole ourselves. We shouldn't pigeonhole ourselves. Honestly, everyone knows that we're we're the top Formula One podcast out there. So. It's uh, they should already know that it's going to get there. So, um, but the, I guess I had a, a few topics there that I wanted to to bring up. So one that I didn't mention to you before the episode was, uh, there was a interview Surprise. with, there was an interview with Lewis Hamilton and he basically spoke the praises of, uh, Valtteri Botas. And so I, um, again have put my foot in my mouth like i did with the misremembering kendrick lamar lyrics but uh he said that uh botas doesn't get the credit that he deserves bam um, i've been I singing that man's praises literally from the start <laughs> and i was one of them that did not give him the credit he deserves so uh because i do think that lewis is uh one of if not the greatest driver of all time i will definitely take his opinion over my own about uh the fact that botas is a, is a very good driver um i mean he's obviously proved it himself with uh with his performances even if he he hasn't been able to get over the hump of of beating hamilton uh for a championship but still a very good driver so i had to make sure that i i brought that up so, you know, Valtteri, Valtteri, <laughs> Valtteri. I'm not a, not afraid to to admit when I have made a gaffe or, or uh, when I'm wrong. So, damn, dude, that's two in a row. That's setting up credibility. That's setting up, you know, honesty, integrity. Uh, yeah, got to uh, make sure that people are are uh, able to to listen and uh, know that we're we're going to be straight up. So. Straight up, about. straight up, um, safety first, safety first, straight up. Um, but, <laughs> but one of the big things, uh, that was announced this past week with Formula One is for 2021, they announced the, the schedule. So, uh, typical schedule for the past uh, couple years was 22 races, and they are adding a 23rd race, Love it. uh, this year, which is going to be in Saudi Arabia. It's going to be a, a nighttime race, uh, late November, Saudi Arabia. It's looking like it's going to be a pretty cool, um, cool event. And uh, I mentioned to you, Justin, before, but I, I've never gotten to live watch a nighttime race. And I think that's going to be a pretty cool thing uh, for next season. So I'm kind of kind of pumped about it. Yeah, I think it'll be sweet to a come into a season fully right from the start, um, see every race, see how it develops and watch the whole championship out. And then also getting 
a bonus nighttime race, which, you know, obviously I've never seen before. Um, so that just sounds like a really exciting element to add to an already exciting uh, motorsport. Yeah, I think it's going to be really cool. So I'm definitely, definitely excited for it. Um, now, now, could you talk to me a little bit about like, are there, is there any historical significance to the Saudi Arabia track? Uh, what do you know about it? Is there anything fun going on there? Um, so I don't know a ton about it, actually. Um, I know, so this is a brand new race, so it's not like uh, one that, and I, I mean, in a sense that Formula One, I don't believe has ever raced here before. So, right, it's not like they just built the track. Right, so right. it's a it's going to be a new race on the calendar, um, a very, uh, or not, it's going to be off the uh, typical schedule. Um, but it's going to be pretty cool. I believe it's also a street track as well. So I don't think it's an actual um, like race track course, something more similar to like a Monaco where you're, you're racing through uh, some of the streets. Um, Is that the same as Baku in Azerbaijan? um, I believe similar. Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, let me check that. Yeah. It was, it is the newest, uh, it it was the newest street circuit on the formula one character joining the ranks of Monaco, Melbourne and Singapore. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't the question was, when was the track built? It wasn't, it's the newest street circuit. There you go. There we uh, go. Line 6.003 kilometers. Lap oh, wow. record set by Charles Leclerc in 2019. A minute, 43 seconds, 0. 0.009 um, hundredths, thousandths. What is that? Milliseconds? Hundred yep. seconds? Milliseconds. Thousand seconds. Yes. So fast. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's, that's the Baku GP. As an example, to talk about other street circuits, like you're saying the Saudi Arabia track is. Yes. And so it's in the city of Jeddah, um, which I'm not even really uh, uh, geographically sure where in Saudi Arabia it is, but it looks like it's pretty close to, from pictures I've seen, pretty close to um, the sea. Um, so it looks like it's going to be a pretty cool event. Um, and I think, so, so what does that mean? Like an ocean wind blowing in is going to, going to, going to affect the race. Oh, it can. Is, it that, what is that what you're saying? Well, no, I mean, one really cool views. Like, oh, sure. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, two. Yeah. Like I, I, um, definitely think that the, the wind and everything can, can make a difference. I, you, um, during the, uh, I think it was the Portugal Grand Prix a a couple weeks back. There was talk about like strong winds coming off the the water and things like that. You'll occasionally hear, I think in one of the, um, the, the team radios, you hear Verstappen go to, to his crew. He's like, uh, I'm feeling very strong winds. Can you confirm? And they're like, yes, we confirm. It's like, dude, if you're feeling the strong winds, I'm pretty sure they're there. Well, um, but I guess I can, also I can kind of see the worry of being oh, in the car. Like uh, I'm perceiving this as high winds. Let me know it's that and not something on the fucking vehicle. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So like, I, I definitely get it. But it's just funny because it's like oh, you, definitely. you're out there like, 
you're in an open cockpit. So like you can feel all the elements around you. And so it was just such a funny thing. He's like, I'm feeling strong winds. Can you confirm? And they're like, we confirm. <laughs> it was just such a, a short little uh, clip from the radio, but I found it kind of entertaining. Um, but yeah, so I guess that, that kind of stuff can, can make a difference on the race a little bit, but, um, well, there we go in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia race. We're looking for, uh, we're looking for high winds to affect the race, ocean, exactly. ocean bound winds to affect the race. The, uh, the salt spray from the ocean might fog up someone's visor, make it make for some very interesting racing. <laughs> oh no. The track's been salted. Skirt. <laughs> into the wall. Psh. Oh, come on. Pick like Grosjean or something. <laughs> ah, that's too easy. That is too easy. Um, but As yeah. he's in the wall, Verstappen's like, uh, team radio, salt on the track. Can you confirm? <laughs> hey, man, you never know. Um, but then also, uh, on just another note, coming up is going to be the um, – the race in Turkey for the F1 schedule this year. Ooh. So we've got the Turkish Grand Prix, um, and that will all be starting up. Uh, let's see. It Sunday, is... November 15th, 6.10 a.m. I guess that's Eastern Standard Time. Yep, so that'll be, uh, that'll be this coming weekend. So uh, A track at Istanbul, Ist- yeah, Istanbul Park. Yep. So P1, P2 are going to, so the practice sessions start on the lovely Friday the 13th. So keep an eye out for black cats and other shady things going on. Yeah, that's actually really spoopy. Very spoopy, especially yeah. two weeks after Halloween. Ooh, spoopy. Yeah. I don't, I don't, dude, I don't celebrate that pagan shit. What the hell? Sorry, my bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, what a buzzkill. Yeah, come on, man. Kill my vibes. But uh, but yeah, what other topics did you want to get into now that we've, well, we've made sure to hit our, our regulation F1? Well, bit? let's here, let's stay here on the Istanbul Park. Uh, let's kind of set up for next episode. Um, okay. Give people a little bit of uh, something to look forward to. So... I'm looking at the track for the Istanbul Park circuit. And I'm seeing DRS zones. I'm seeing some pretty cool chicanes. And it's making me think of La Rouge um, at the Belgian circuit uh, spa. Right. Okay. That, that uphill turn uh, right, like right past the uh, start line. Yep. And. And I know me and you talked about this. I don't know if if we've talked about it before on the pod, but where I would like to go is learn about the turns and how they get their names. Yeah, because um, obviously there's like there's a limited amount of turns in every track, and you hear them, you hear the commentators yell them out um, when you know drivers are coming around them, and you know it's like there's there's Raikkonen into La Rouge and followed by blah 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 blah. Um, and that that's adds a very interesting like storytelling element to the races. Um, it helps differentiate. Like you, you're able to start like piecing together as you're watching through fifty to sixty laps. Like what exactly? Um, like if they mention a turn by name, you're like, oh, I know where they are in the circuit. Right, um, right, start- and you can picture it. Yeah. 
Sure. So yeah, I would I would really like to explore turn names, how they get them. And you know, not every turn, every track, not like a full breakdown, but I think maybe what we can do is pick like two or three of our, you know, favorite tracks from a race that we really enjoyed or whatever. And, you know, just explore some of the turn names and this and that. Cause I think that'd be a really fun thing to learn about to really uh you know, to really make these tracks kind of part part of the culture. Um, cause I find a lot of them really exciting. Um, I'm saying, um, a lot on this show. I'm sorry. Um, 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 anyway. All good. I say like way too much. So (laughs) (laughs) we're just, uh, what's, what's interesting here is, is it puts, especially in the format that we do, where it's like uncut, we just, you know, hit record and keep on going. It's funny where we can kind of be, you know, this is obviously like we're breaking the fourth wall. Like we're, we're talking about the podcast on the podcast right so very, what we can do better in this and that yeah very <laughs> yeah that, that's a good word for it that's funny but yeah anyway i just think it'll be very fun to learn about the tracks so you know i may bring up spa this track looks really fun uh the monaco track is insane i love the chicanes there it's such a high speed track um so yeah i think that's that'd be a fun thing to do for next episode what do you think yeah no that would be cool to go into um I definitely would be up for that because there's one that I'm black. I think it, I think it might be Baku, honestly, um, that has the, the castle chicane. Um, I, I could be wrong on that, but there's a, a course or a, a track that I'm thinking of that you go through this weird little, uh, chicane in between buildings and it's uh they're very old like it's like a castle like looking section it's pretty that's cool. really cool well uh, nice I, I look forward to learning about it and how it got its name yeah absolutely so i'm gonna i'm gonna make myself a little note here um for talking next time and okay so i think this is gonna be a pretty good time um We've messed around with the schedule a little bit. Uh, and this is, I guess, just talking to the listeners when when you can find us. Um, yes. We've messed with the schedule a little bit, right? So what's really ended up working for us is uh, record on Wednesday and hopefully have it up either Wednesday night or uh, or get it up on Thursday. So yep. a lot of times it seems like we're recording Wednesday, either uploading Wednesday or Thursday. Um, so I, I guess we just say that to say, let the listeners know that you, we were trying to do it earlier in the week, but for our schedules, it hasn't really worked out. Um, so likely look for it on the, you know, usually at the Wednesday mark, I would, I would say, what do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty good, um, feel so wednesday nights it usually will since we usually record around 7 30 uh start time so you're either getting it uh like late wednesday night or early thursday morning um in most cases um also you can always find out when new episodes are released on twitter.com and you can find us at tall and short of one the number one uh, so if you guys follow us there, uh, we always make sure to tweet out anytime we, we release a new episode. Um, you can join in with any conversation or, or talking points you guys want to, uh, mention to us or things that you like, or want to, to get some conversation going on for the pod. Um, so that is one place to find us for sure. 
Yeah, we have um, we have an email up on our Anchor website. You can listen to the pod on Anchor. You can listen to it on Spotify, pretty much anywhere that you can get your podcasts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's a pretty good transition. You were asking me was there was there anywhere else I wanted to go, and um, our our Commander Nine League has been quite exciting. We've um, the home team, ya boy, got another victory. Very nice. Awesome. Yeah. So I figured because it is in the vein of our podcast where we talk about, you know, goofs, gas, you know, we get into some competition, we get into some hobby things. We, you know, we, we, we hit all over the board. Um, I, I thought it'd be fun to con- continue talking about that because it's been really exciting. Yeah, um, absolutely. So let me pull up the, um, and I posted, I posted earlier on Reddit and I'll, I'll post it out on Twitter as well. I'll probably pin it. Um, I'm going to post the little image that I have of all the commanders in the pod. Oh, awesome. Um, I'm not going to be able to have all the deck lists just cause they don't have all their deck lists posted anywhere. Um, but at least people will be able to see, like have a reference for the deck list that each of the players have. Yeah. Um, and we will, uh, we'll link that in the description for this episode on anchor.fm's website. So perfect. Keep an eye out for that. So here, let me just make a note of that. So link in description for link in description for the commanders. The commanders. And all right, so this week we played, we were only able to get through two games because they were kind of long. They each went 10 turns, which is like right on par for yeah. the league. I was gonna um, say you're hitting hitting right around the average. So. Dude, it's crazy. It is crazy like how on um some of these games are. And recently, like they've gotten faster. Like kind of earlier, they were a bit longer. Um, some of those were like three player games though. Okay. But as we've gone, they've just really gotten quicker. So it's it's kind of insane. Um the one thing that we did find is a standout card slash commander is beginning to be a big factor in a lot of games. Like now having, we're looking at, uh, let's see, we're looking at 59 games now. So we have, and like I said, on the side, we have the like most valuable card and we all talk about it. We try to agree on a card, right. That like made the biggest impact. And I'll tell you, there's a card that's making a big impact. We see it a lot. It does a lot of damage. It has a bunch of wins. Okay. And that is Sir Conrad. He's a mono black kind of graveyard based strategy, or at least dying. Yeah, he's the commander. But he's in a lot of lists too, because he's just that strong. Um, so Sir Conrad showing up a lot in the play group, doing a lot of work. I think he was instrumental in the first game that we played. Um, this matchup was Netheroy versus Eryxmethes versus Corvold versus Zakama. Zakama is my commander. Uh, Jason was on Corvold, Ian was on Eryxmethes, and G- and uh, Grant was on Netheroy. Um, and that Grant's Sir Conrad was instrumental in helping Jason win the game. Um, it came down, we were on turn 10, and uh, the play that Jason made killed me in a way that I wasn't able to upset him during his combat phase in which he was able to win the game. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, Sir Conrad coming up big for Grant. It will it it helped Grant get there. Um, but yeah, it ultimately gave Jason the win. So shout out to Jason for the win in that game. Um, the one that I would really like to talk about though, obviously, your boy, the home team, was the second game where I was playing Kaikar. Okay. Um, so Kaikar is like an artifact based strategy and it has a way to uh remember the game we were talking about with Najila where I was able to um just like hit just hit him with the combo. Um yep. no response, hit him with the combo, kill him outright. Yep. So this game, Grant was on Brea. Ian was on his Send Triplets control deck. Uh, Grant's Brea deck is like very artifact focused. Um, has a couple infinite loops in it where he can like make infinite creatures, have infinite creature death triggers um, to like drain everybody's life. So that's that's like one of his really tuned decks. Ian Send Triplets like control magic, um, trying to stacks out the board, take it, take it to long, like take it to the late game, basically. Um, Jason was playing Kestia enchantments. Um, he was trying to kind of like Voltron stack up a big commander, kill everybody with commander damage. And the Kaikar was, is one of my more tuned decks. It's also artifact based. And the combo that won me the game was with divining top mystic forge Kaikar, and an impact tremors on the battlefield where that was able, it allowed me to cast senseis off the top of my library basically an infinite amount of times that creating spirits from Kaikar's ability. And okay. what was really fun about that game was at the very end, Ian did, Ian did literally all he could to try and disrupt the combo uh, counter spell, try to destroy the divining top, kept having ways to recur it, get it back. So like I, just was able to push through and was able to combo everybody out on turn 10. And uh, so that felt really good. Cause, cause once, once I had the thing set up, I was just able to like demonstrate a loop and then it would just kill everybody. That's um, pretty dope. Yeah. And man, Ian, Ian even asked in the group chat at the end of the game, he was like, he was like, <laughs> he was like, did you have a counter spell? Uh, or no, he asked, did you have protection for impact tremors? And I said to him, I, I had no interaction. It was just like, I saw an opportunity. A couple of them were on really low mana. Grant was tapped out. So I was like, well, I might as well go for it now. But uh, yeah, Ian, I guess Ian tapped a little bit wrong um, and he would have been able to fight me a little harder on it. But yeah, being able to push through and get the victory felt felt really good. That's awesome. Um, yeah, man. Pretty cool. Like, I feel like that's the one of the cool things about the decks and like how you said you you typically play is going for these these combos and um, these like big uh explosive kind of finishes once you get your your setup and everything is like that victory has to feel so sweet at the end of that oh when yeah you, it's, it's amazing when you pull something like that off you're like setting up for it setting up for it setting up and then you just get to hit it out of the ballpark um take everyone down like yeah that's got to be a pretty cool feeling well, what's so funny is like there's no there's no cheering or anything. It's just like, oh well, oh that was abrupt. Oh, that's stupid. But it's just like, hey man, you know, wins a win. Got to give it to me, man. You're like going full. You're going full like anime on their asses. You're yeah, you're yeah. charging your kamihami ha and getting ready to shoot them to the moon. I say, say what you want about the infinite combos, man. I think they're fun to play, and they're and they're tough to pull off. So I think they're fair. I think that makes it um, like 
a pretty interesting way to do it then too, because yeah, you, sometimes you get the opportunities and sometimes you just don't. So it's the, uh, it's the heart of the cards. It is. It's it, well, yeah, different game, but I, think I, know, still, I, know. I think it still definitely applies. No, you're right. But dude, like I, I really believe, I really believe our playgroup is actually quite competitive in the like interaction we play, the the strategies we play. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not shameful about it. I think everybody has powerful cards, powerful ways to win. Um, you know, yeah. I just like uh, I just like I just like that strategy as well. Absolutely, I think that's uh, that's pretty dope. But yeah, man. So that was this week's games. Hopefully, more coming for uh, hopefully more coming for next week as well. Um, but I know the one thing, the one thing that we both, uh, both were able to hit on and I know we kind of wanted to talk about it was you want to, you want to set up the listeners. What were we watching? Uh, so going from one game to another that are both very, um, I'd say complex. I got to preface. I, I know nothing about this one though. Um, I knew very little as well. Uh, both of us watched The Queen's Gambit on Netflix, which is um, a new Netflix original show that came out recently um, about a uh, young girl who becomes essentially a chess prodigy. Um, and kind of the the story of her life, it's not a true story, which I was, uh, which is unfortunate because it was really, um, but I mean, that also... It was compelling uh, as hell, I thought. Makes it yeah, it makes it a really, really cool um story that, that someone was able to come up with. But uh yeah, very compelling story, great um acting throughout the entire thing. Um but yeah, about the, the life of a, a young chess prodigy and kind of the tribulations and trials that she goes through to uh to try and become the the best chess player in the world. Um and it actually, it was cool. I, um, and so, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who's listening now that we've ah, there introduced you go. the show. There you um, go. I want to make sure that, uh, if we do mention anything that happens that you guys have the opportunity. So now. right at the very end of the show. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it was really good. Um, like I think, uh, there were there were some it was very um emotional kind of show in a sense where it really like gets you sucked in and you i felt like i was kind of there with the uh the characters throughout but the i liked the the interjections occasionally of comedy uh like when um the main character calls mr scheibel a cocksucker <laughs> uh went after she loses to him at chess oh um, yeah and then he locks her out of the his like area in the orphanage for like weeks <laughs> i mean fair enough man i'd do the same hey i mean I, it was just such a it was so funny but not at the same time where she just like gets pissed off and out of frustration is like you're a cocksucker i was like oh yikes like, well that was that was like a theme of her character throughout the show was like this this really like like spitting anger that would come up you know if she was uh 
not yeah not like, getting the best of her opponents yeah anytime she lost like being becoming very upset depressed frustrated like just leaving the uh the area immediately not really hanging around for any congratulations for the uh her opponent afterwards it was um like you said very compelling um i i really enjoyed watching it now the one thing that really stood out to me was the focus on like the substance abuse like the cigarettes mm. and the drinking and the pills it, it, and, yeah, yeah it was um it makes me wonder and it makes me think of, and this is kind of a callback we talked about before. It makes me think of like Kanye West, like uh, like the greatest, the greatest mind for something has, you know, you know, weaknesses to something else. I'm not saying this girl is bipolar or nothing, but just that like, like you, like they're so great at one thing and, but they also at the same time, like there she was getting in her own way. And right. it feels like Kanye does the same thing. Like they just like get in their own way sometimes. Yeah, I think it's uh, it can be a personality trait kind of of, yeah, someone who is um, striving to be the best is like, uh, especially if they are striving to be the best at something that they're naturally gifted at. Um, in her, her case, be, being chess, of course, um, the frustration uh, of like, dedicating so much thought and time and everything and then still like not coming out on top um i think there's got to be something about that personality trait that kind of carries through a lot of people that are um yeah like striving to be the very very best at something um that yeah they're the mentality that you have to have to do that and reach those highs um yeah has some other like negative side effects um like i mean in her case it was almost like she's cons she's got uh, like an addictive personality like she mm. she could only think about chess like chess was what she was like constantly always thinking about she's leaving the choir sessions at the orphanage to go and play chess she's finishing all of her tests and exams quickly and going and playing chess she's all, all these things but then that manifested itself in like her her substance abuse issues that they showed throughout the uh the series so yeah it was crazy how much they really depicted well it they gave the impression that she was just playing chess all the fucking time and learning just all the setups all the game it. yeah yeah, and the fact that she was like replaying old matches and learning about the old masters and this and that, um, I thought it was interesting that she was like learning through her love interests. I thought that yeah. was kind of funny. Like you could Definitely. tell she wasn't really like comfortable with her sexuality, but it was an element of the it was an element of the cat and mouse game. Yeah, it was because like, ultimately uh, she was still learning against people she had to play against, right? Yeah, I, and man, at the end, all those when she was in Russia. All those boys were simping hard. <laughs> they they were her simps, man. Oh, I know. Uh, like, Dude, what, what about that little boy that she played? That was that was a really good match. Yeah, I was very entertained by that too. Where he's like, I'm just kind of like flirting with her, but also just being a, a, a child, and he's like, 
I just want to go to a drive-in movie. <laughs> it's like, that's where this kid's mind is at. Um, hey, but he was so respectful and he was so formal that he got the date, didn't he? Uh, did they ever? I'm pretty they sure they on? did. I'm pretty sure they did. I wasn't sure if they ever did, because I know that they had, they had mentioned it. Yeah. I If I, not, that's my headcanon. That's what happened. Wouldn't have shocked me either way. Um, uh, uh, it, 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 was, it was just in the B-roll, dude. It was just in the B-roll. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just definitely funny, like seeing her kind of, uh, yeah, or not funny, but like entertaining to see her utilizing, yeah, those love interests to to grow in her own chess game and, and utilizing that in that way. Um, but overall, like, the actual intellect and everything of a chess master and and all is insane because after watching the show let me tell you i immediately downloaded a um uh, a chess game on my phone where i can play against like computers that are at different like chess rate like elo levels right um in chess and it is fucking hard man Chess is like not an easy game. I cannot plan very far ahead in in my matches that I've played and it like I have barely learned any of the like standard openings and things like that for like right. how you're it, it just takes a lot of mental. Are you uh, able to play your friends? Uh, you may be able to. Uh, nice. Find out if you can play your friends. If you can, I'll play you in chess. I'll learn you. I'll learn you some chess. I believe that we would be able to. Nice. But I will. I'll double check and find out. Roger so. that. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Um, but yeah, but- it does. It, it's 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 evident that there's a lot going on. You have to almost. It seems like you have to almost think algorithmically. Um, be able to plan for all sorts of possibilities and possibilities that you know your opponent knows. Is he going to go this way? If he does this, does it look like that? And then if it looks like that, is he going to do this? But in reality, what happens if he does that? And you're just like, well, yeah, it's like, it's just like the biggest branching thing. Tons of anticipation, tons of like, yeah, there's a lot that I feel like goes into it. So, um, I was very, very impressed with, um, the show, especially after taking the time to try and learn chess. Um, and I like also, a new appreciation for it. Yeah, and I also think at the same time, they did a very good job of um, creating a show about a complex game that not a ton of people out there fully know very well. Like you may know what each piece on the board does, but like, can you actually play I'd say a lot of people would probably say no. Right. Um, but to be able to do that and depict it in a way that is very, um, uh, like it just kind of sucks you in and pulls you in and it's got a great story and narrative throughout it. And also you get to learn a little bit about the game while you're, uh, going through like pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and they almost shot it in a way that was pretty intuitive. Um, they focused on they focused on the timing clocks. Um, they focused on what the players were actually doing in the game, not necessarily uh, the moves that they were making. Uh, the element that I really liked about it was the commentator that they had. 
um the guy with that like slow rolling spanish voice where he was like talking about the moves and this and that i thought that was i thought that was a really interesting way to get i thought that was a really interesting way to get a like a commentator in there yeah but in an art like a I'll use the word artistic, but it's more, it was more of like an elegant, beautiful way. Um, it wasn't like, it wasn't pigeonholing the strategy or not uh, pigeonholing is a bad word. It wasn't like shoehorning the strategy. It was introducing it in a way that was just as kind of artistic as the game itself. Um, right. And if, and like you could glean a little bit of something from it, but it wasn't like really in your face. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was very like impressed by the way that they handled the the matches and like, um depicting them like going into talking about the different um uh, strategies that they're using and kind of like you were saying with the playing and kind of having to anticipate the opponent and think ahead a couple of steps on like those things it it when that narrator was going through talking through the games and whatnot it was almost like he's he's like oh this is the strategy like that they're following let let's see how this person reacts to it. Let's see how the, uh, the opponent handles this coming at them, which was pretty cool. So. Yeah. The, the one. And this is, I guess this is less about the, um, the strategy that just, that just makes me think of um, the one match at the end where they had that big, the big board up on the wall and they were moving and they had the shots of like stop motion, like how the game progressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, that shot, that was, that was probably one of the coolest in the, uh, one of the coolest in the movie. Yeah, and, the, the and, and you talked so, yeah, like all the pieces moving. Yeah. So yeah, there was a, uh, there, yeah, there was just a lot of good stuff in the film overall. Yeah, so I definitely not film in the show, but um, yeah, no, I I definitely agree. I think it was um, it was really well put together, um, very fun and kind of I, I'm missing the word, but it's not enthralling. I don't think is what I'm looking for, but um, but yeah, it really just pulls you along with the narrative and and really like kind of sucks you in. It was a lot of a lot of fun to watch so now what do you have coming up on your watch list is there anything is there anything new that you're getting into anything new that you're looking to get into Ooh, um there was something that i was recommended recently and i'm completely blanking on it actually right now um so a lot of times for me i have to kind of um i can't watch like real serious stuff um back to back i have to kind of break it up in with like uh a less um less serious more just like jovial kind of show um so right now what i'm watching when i'm like going to bed and and hitting the hay is naruto i've never watched it and some of my roommates did in college uh but i did not Uh, watch it so the original naruto it's like 100 episodes or something like that but i've been going through and watching that um okay it's a little little, uh more just entertainment lots of fight scenes things like that um so uh, i don't need to have quite as attentive of a focus as you 
you do for some more serious shows. So after I finish that, I will have to figure out what the next uh, next one on my list is. Nice. So, now, do you guys have any uh, any other shows that you guys have added to the list? Well, Ian recommended me the haunting the of Shay some of Faye whatever the fuck on Netflix. The haunt wait uh, the haunting of Hill House or the haunting of Bly Manor? Yeah, is- that one. So the Haunting of Hill House, I think, was the first one, and Bly Manor is the the recent one. I started a couple of episodes of it, but okay. I didn't get super into it. It, I like, I was still watching Queen's Gambit, and so I just didn't really dive headfirst into it. So sure, yeah, and horror horror isn't the the thing that I hop onto the quickest. So maybe we'll get there. But the thing I wanted to ask you about Naruto, the early early episodes are in the academy correct uh yeah not like academy but like they're learning to be um, right they're training yeah they're training to be able to take the uh like entrance exam to be like the lowest level of ninja essentially and naruto is going to be the number one hokage you believe it he believe it. <laughs> he uh yeah, he's he wants to be the top ninja in the, the village and the, the strongest one that everyone looks up to. So that is his MO. Now, have you ever are you a are you a sick gamer um and play the the what are they called? The shipping games, like where you're like ninja fighting. Have you ever played those? I have not. So gotcha. Um, the the Shippuden uh, Naruto like show is I guess adjacent to this one. It's like gotcha. a, that happens after this one finishes, but that show is like six hundred episodes or something ridiculous like that. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, so I have not um, even that... contemplated taking that on yet, dude. That's like a life decision. Yeah, well, and that's the one that my roommates watched in in college. They like there were weeks on end where I would like come home from classes, they'd be sitting there watching it in the living room or I'd go to work uh at the hotel I worked at. I'd have my 7 to 3:30 shift. I'd go in at 7 before everyone's awake. I'd get home at like maybe 4 or so once I was wrapped up at work and and walked home. And they're on the couch watching it. And it like had been watching for like five hours on a Saturday. Damn, dude. So, I mean, that's they, college for you. It is. They blew through the, the show pretty quickly in comparison to, I'd say, how quickly most people would go through it. But it's right. a lot of episodes. Yeah, that's intense, man. That's intense. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've, I've never really watched uh, TV shows like that, to be honest. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I've uh, I've I've gamed like that, <laughs> like where I'm just playing for for long periods of time. But shows, oh for sure, uh, oh, for sure. shows not quite as much um, in that sense. I haven't like I'll definitely binge watch some stuff. There's, but it's usually shorter um, shows. Like I've yeah. I've had uh, shows that are like I don't know. 10 episodes that are 45 minutes long that I've watched in a day where I just had a day where I was doing nothing and I just watched it all day and, and knocked it out. But something like that is like you said, like a life commitment. <laughs> Dude, so, yeah. That's like signing up for like a fucking 
couple years of college, man. 600 hours. Yeah. Well, I think those episodes are like 20 minutes ish oh, long. Uh, so I mean, but still, like, that's still like 200 hours, which is it's a lot. Five work weeks. <laughs> like, that's a lot of time watching a TV whoa, show. So. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I, dude, I can't front. I'm literally looking at my Steam library 312 hours on Don't Starve. Yeah, so, I've I've hit some it. pretty high hours on Warzone. Like, I think yeah, I'm, like I'm not trying to shame nobody, you know. No, no, definitely not. I think uh, last time I had checked, let me let me count tabulate the hours, but tabulate them, rack them up, man. Get the calculator. So I was at 17 days, which is 408 hours. <laughs> Sick. So goddamn, uh, you are a gamer, man. No, it's just a, uh, it's a lot. It also speaks to the, to the quarantine and pandemic because oh, sure. there you it's go. like nothing to do. Like I finished when I was working from home, I like get up, hop on my laptop, work from home for the day. And then the second I got off, I was like cooking myself dinner and then just right to gaming, like no commutes, no, no nothing. So adds a little more time. I think one of my biggest regrets in life is going to be um, I didn't spend my pandemic time better. Um, I tried to at certain periods and I failed. Um, I tried to learn my guitar, which I've had since I was 14 or 15 years old. <laughs> That's um, funny. <laughs> well, in high school, when I first bought it, I was like, oh, I'm going to learn over the summer. And then I was like, it just caught got caught up doing like vacations and like training for cross country and all this stuff. Um, and then uh, it, I just never ended up getting back to it and I've picked it up here and there and I can play a few chords and whatnot, but I tried to get back into it. And as soon as I was like actively like uh, playing, I would like take a couple breaks throughout my day and take some lessons on an app on my phone and whatnot. And as soon as I was starting to get back into it, they were like, you're going back and working out of the office. Mm. So I was like, oh, well, there goes that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's a time commitment. But it uh, is. It is just like uh, just like Naruto. Yeah. And just like uh, listening to this podcast. So <laughs> which uh, we appreciate all of our listeners who have chosen to spend their time with the tall and short of it podcast. We yeah. thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, no, it's a it's a blast for us. So we appreciate, uh, and I know I say this pretty much every episode, but we appreciate anyone who's out there listening. Um, that Justin has been keeping tabs on our, our stats a little bit more than I have, and um, we we realize that a lot of you all who are listening are actually listening all the way through, and that's pretty pretty cool and awesome for us to to have people that are are taking the time out of their days to listen to a couple of hours of two guys on the internet. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that really is what it is. I think if we had a, uh, I think if we had a producer, we'd tell him to take out all the, uh, take out all the typing, take it all the clicking, uh, make it, make it seem like we're just pulling it out of our, uh, pulled out, pulled out, pulling it out of our heads. Oh, absolutely. Make but us no, look I think, uh, <laughs> nah, you don't want to do that. It's gotta be raw. It's gotta be, you know, it's gotta be in the streets. Like gotta be said. in the, elbow grease we hit play and the only times we take pauses are when when craig drops out of the call for some reason our recorder shout out craig though yeah making it through another episode 
Um, but uh, anything else you wanted to, to hit on before we send it out for the people? Well, I don't know, man. I think um, uh, looking at my list here on the paper, that that, that literally has crossed off everything. Um, we hit all the topics. Uh, is there – do you have any final thoughts, any, any, any last things you wanted to get into? Um, no, just looking forward to uh, next week's episode, kind of recapping the Turkish Grand Prix and whatever other uh, fun topics we come up with. Um, again, really appreciate you all listening from wherever you are, uh, and we're hoping that you continue listening with us and, and uh, definitely interact with us if you have any any comments on the show. So, uh, again, twitter.com, you can go to at tall and short of one, the number one, um, hit us up there, uh, follow us. We, like I said, tweet out whenever we finish podcasts and are having them uploaded. But, um, again, yeah, we enjoy doing this and, and we'll be continuing to do so for a while. So nice, man. The, um, I like the tall at tall and short of one. Cause the more we say the best F1 podcast, the best, this podcast, that one is going to be like more and more integral to the brand. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Um, and what, what was a, Oh, we just don't have that username is now going to be like the big trademark. Yeah. It's going to be one of those things that it was a, um, we're, we can just start saying that it was an active decision that we wanted to just be the number one podcast for everything. So, right. At tall <laughs> and short of one. So yeah, check out the, uh, check out the Twitter for the commanders. You can see who everyone's playing. You can get a better yes. idea. Um, check out anchor Spotify. That's where you'll find the podcast. It's Justin. It's Aaron. It's the tall and short of it. Peace out guys. Catch you later. Thank you.